Good morning, Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Ah, you hear that? That's the sweet sound of That's, poker chips. It's the sweet sound of poker chips caressing a nice table. These poker chips have seen many battles. Many battles. By many battles, I mean it's been watching from my desk to the to the screen. Well, these these poker chips have seen many battles against many fish, and many seen fish, many battles against many accounting classes. So many have, many accounting classes. So they have seen many battles. It's just not the type that we're thinking about. All types. I tell you, who's gone through a battle? Who's that? Henry Ruggs. <laughs> Henry Ruggs is going through the toughest battle of his life. Oh, jeez, dude. What a what a turn of events, really. In like what is like I mean it happens, you know, a pro athlete commits a big crime, you know, once a year somewhat, you know. But this this really hit the news. This really hit hit everybody, I think, in a different way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this hits everybody because it's something that happens in everyone's everyday life. Um, I hope like, not. Well, not, not everyone's everyday life. But, but it in, happens all the time. It happens all the time to everyday people is what I meant mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, drunk driving, like everyone said, it's, it could easily be avoided. And um, going at the speed he was, he was just looking for trouble. Um so overall, I mean, the whole thing could have been avoided if he would have called an Uber. Um, and I mean, dude, the guy, like, I know we shouldn't really be talking about his career or anything like that. Like, I get just because he caught footballs doesn't make him exempt from the law. But the guy had a pretty good career ahead of him. He was a first-round draft pick last year. He's had a couple breakout games this year. He's looking like a good, solid prospect, and then he goes out and does this and kind of fucks his career. So, um, you know, my my thing with it is to like, uh, and I yeah, I agree. It's nowhere, shape, or form does being a pro athlete mean that you're exempt from anything from the law. But my whole thing was is number one, yeah, of course I had empathy with the victim and the way like when you find out the way she died, she died with flames being engulfing her essentially in her car. Yeah. Like it was, this was very ugly, but my, th- my whole thing was, is I think Derek Carr kind of said it, said it too, was, is like, I have some empathy for Henry Ruggs. And this in no way means that I think he should be exonerated or what he did was wrong. Oh, well, of course what he did was very, very wrong. But just to think the position that he was in maybe 30 minutes before that, you know, like like you said, first round draft pick. He's looking to have a solid, solid sophomore season, and he's probably going to get a big contract after after the end of his rookie contract. And all of that's gone now because of a very, very, very stupid mistake. And like I said, I'm not taking a I'm not taking away from how dumb of a mistake this was, but this guy's career and possibly life. Did you hear he might be getting 40 years? I mean, he's not going to get 40 years, but that's what he's facing. Yeah, it's on the table. Like, I'm, I mean, I, you know, it's like the craziest part to me is like, if you're a pro athlete in any fucking sport, mid season, golf and getting fucked up. Like, first off, why are you at Top Golf, bro? Like, I mean, I mean, you know, he's he's just having some fun with friends. He, I, he, I mean, cool, but right, like, it's a. 
I think driving your Corvette at 3 a.m. drunk is the bigger issue. Right, like, but I'm saying, like, it's a fucking, it's a Monday night, right? Like, I get it's probably his off day because you, when you play on Sunday, you probably get, you probably get, um, Monday Monday's off. off. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a pro athlete making all this money, like, why risk anything, especially mid season, like? I it's it makes more sense if this happens on the off season, but right now it's week nine. The Raiders are actually in a solid spot right now. They they're mm-hmm. playoff bound if the season would end today. I think they make the wild card. So it's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, no, yeah, and like, yeah, I agree. Like, like, bro, it's like that's like if you like to just put in like an everyday term. That's like a doctor mid surgery decides, oh, you know, I'm gonna have a few beers and then I'm gonna go back yeah. to my surgery. Like I, I know it's not the exact equivalent, but it kind of is because he's it's it's your peak time. It's your peak time to focus and get in in, in shape. Like if you would have asked any of the champion guys, like Jordan, Kobe, even LeBron, like if they're fucking turning up mid season, they're not doing that shit. Well, I think Kobe said it best in in one of those interviews where he said he kind of realized in the league that most guys were just there just to get the check and and go home. You know, yeah. like they put in their they put in their hours that they're required to do. You know, Henry Ruggs is required to be at practice and at the facility from X to Y every day. And he's required to be at the stadium on game days and play the game. And I mean, I'm not saying like he wasn't putting in work outside of the gym, but there's a lot of guys that just don't for whatever reason. Like, I I think to us, to us, the, the the. If we were pro athletes, right, we would treat treat it like like that, because we know how much we wanted to be pro athletes as kids and how much it really takes. Right. But there's a lot of, you know, they didn't have to work as hard to get to where they have to be. And I'm not saying that's in Henry Ruggs exact situation, but you know, they treat their current position way different than, than anybody else, you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, I'd kill to have that job. I'd work every single day. I'd go to bed every day at a good time. I'd eat perfect. I'd be working out eight hours a day. You know, there's a ton of guys out there that just aren't doing that. Right. No, for sure. I mean, the 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 mindset of guys in that position is actually like crazy to me that people are just playing for paychecks at that point because you've already made it to the league. They know what it takes to get there. So like the fact that Kobe even made that statement in the first place was kind of eye opening for me because it shows that even at the highest level, there's still people who decide to coast and be. Lazy. I mean, dude, you watch the NBA, you know for a fact there's a lot of guys playing a couple of those games that they're just there for the check that night. Oh, you know, for, for sure. a fact, yeah. like, they're not running back on defense. They're not, you know, it, it's, uh, it, that happens a lot, but yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I was, Kobe gave the validation. I was kind of assuming was that there are a lot of people in, 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 in the NBA that were really just there to, to just for the check. And that's not disregarding their athletic ability, their ability on the basketball court, how good they are at basketball. But that's just the great nature of the situation, you know. Like, you put it this way: if Luka Doncic wanted to, he could just go out there and play, and 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 just put his his required time in, and he would be okay in the league. He'd have an yeah. okay career, you know. But it's that yeah. extra work, that three a.m. work that that takes you to that level. And you know, I think it kind of is a parallel to like also the real world too, because. So many people are fine with like their 100k job and making the you know same pay every year, and they're not gonna do the extra, the extra work to set their kids up for success or their grandkids for success. 
And then you got those people who, you know, push a little bit harder, who maybe become the millionaires, who start their own companies, who kind of do those things. So it's, I, I think in every facet of life, it's just interesting to see that those people always will exist, um, even when you put these people on a pedestal. But there's a funny thing to like think about too is that, uh, you know, who said this was it was Madman Mata, Xavier Mata. He said it's a great quote. It's a great quote. If every single person actually went out there and tried to achieve their dream, people would be making far less money. Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? Because if yeah. every single person actually went out there and worked as hard as Kobe Bryant at what they wanted to do in life, it would be way harder. It would be way harder to actually achieve what would be success in society. Yeah, right? for but sure. There, there needs to be people that are inherently lazy and don't want to work because – that sets up room for people who do. Absolutely. Speaking of people who were never inherently lazy on the same level as Kobe is obviously the original Kobe, who's Michael Jordan. And uh, I kind of want to read you a quote. I'm sure you heard it from the um, from Scottie Pippen's comments on The Last Dance. But oh. obviously, Scottie Pippen has been a guy the last, like, 10 years who has been, like, extremely salty, it just seems like, at Jordan. Uh, for whatever reason, clearly they had a falling out in their friendship. And um, it, and Future fucked his wife. It, yeah, that happened, too. <laughs> that happened, too. And then his wife is a fucking team player, and she's been with, like, multiple NBA guys since then. Um, but let me read this comment real quick and then we'll talk about it because there's kind of a lot to unpack here from a ton of different angles. So he says each episode was the same Michael on a pedestal, his teammates secondary smaller, the message, no different from when he referred to us back then as his supporting cast from one season to the next, we received little or no credit whenever we won, but the bulk of the criticism when we lost, Michael could shoot six for 24 from the field, commit five turnovers. And he was still, in the minds of the adoring press and public, the airless Jordan. Now here I was in my mid-50s, 17 years since my final game, watching us being demeaned once again, living through it the first time was insulting enough. Um, so basically, to make a long story short, Scottie Pippen for a while has felt that he has been in some way, shape, or form kind of neglected in terms of how Jordan's treated for those six championships. Um, but my thing on it is rightfully so. Like, you were Robin to Batman. Like, you, without without Jordan, you wouldn't have won six ships, plain and simple. And without Jordan, you went places by yourself. You went to Portland. You wanted to be the man in Portland. You did nothing there. You wanted to be the man in Houston. You did nothing there. You also wanted to be the man in Chicago when Jordan retired. And guess what? You barely scratched the playoffs, got eliminated, and then the next year you needed Jordan to come back to even make the playoffs. So I just think this is a prime example of a guy whose ego is way higher than his actual playing and his, his ceiling really was. Um, his career, sure, he was a great player. Don't get me wrong. It's nothing against Scotty, but he's really just acting like that kid who always felt that he deserved more than he really did, an entitled little brat. Um, so I, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? It, 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 the funny thing is, is I kind of, I, I completely get where he's coming from. 
And 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 that's not saying I don't agree with what you say. I completely agree. I completely agree with what you said. And I'm 100% think that Scottie Pippen is being way too salty here. But for a second, you sit back and think from his perspective, right? Well, it's correct that without Jordan, they wouldn't have won anything. But Scotty can make the argument that Jordan wouldn't have won anything if it wasn't for me either. Yeah. But the thing that Scotty Pippen kind of – and number two, I don't know what Scotty Pippen's financial situation is because this seems a lot like him having to release a book that's got a lot of – that's got a lot of heat in it, so it can sell, <laughs> so he can make some money. Yeah, you I know agree. what I'm saying. I don't know what's going on with him behind the scenes in terms of a money situation, or maybe he just make a ton of money off of this. But what you said is correct. Like the the thing is, is he is his role was to be Robin to Batman. He yeah. is a really really good number two. It, yeah, that's that's the thing with 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 roles though, right? There's the number one, and there's guys who want to be the number one, who are through and through, in their blood, the lead guy. Yeah. And then there's guys who really also want to be the number one that aren't because there's someone better than them who is number one, and they have to Mm -hmm. be number two. Right? There's a difference between the number two who understands that they're the number two. They want to be the number two. They fill their role perfectly. Like the Spurs teams, right? Like like Manu, like Parker. They knew that Tim Duncan is the guy, right, right, of this team. We are the facilitators of this team. Now, that team worked differently, right? They were more – there wasn't really like – it wasn't like Tim Duncan is way up here and they're all down here like, like the Bulls teams uh, were portrayed to be. They were more of a collective unit, but – it's 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 similar fashion where Scotty either has to accept that he was the number two, and I don't think he ever did. Yeah, I agree with that too. And there's actually a lot of guys in the NBA who are also um, in that same category as Scotty, who like think that they're the number one, but in reality but they're, they're not. The number two guy. Right. You know who you know who like really strikes uh, strikes me as that is Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. I know. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys, and and it's not to say that he's not a number one talent, because I think I right. think in a lot of ways he's a number one talent. I think all the skills are there for for him to be that guy, but he's never been able to prove it in his career when he's been the number one guy. Um, so he's one guy. Um, off the top of my head, Kyrie is another one who's like really big to me. Um, he. Won, you know, his one championship with Braun and then wanted to be the man in uh, Boston, made everything about himself. Obviously, I think he got hurt his first year, couldn't get it done there. Um, His second year, he was a prima donna and then asked to get traded, gets traded to Brooklyn. And now he's doing, you know, his whole thing again. So he's another guy that really strikes out to me. But Um, I think like back to back to the Pippen thing, though, is that like. He was the other thing that you mentioned was he he, he seems really pissed off at the last dance, right? For, and if yeah, you look at every sure. episode of the last dance, he is always number one, number two guy, and number two he gets absolutely slandered, and not in a, yeah. like a, like not in a bad way that he was slandered in in in, in something that was untrue or out of context. No, hundred yeah. percent. It like, was all true. He right. he decided to sit on the bench and he didn't want to go in the game. That yeah. one game that uh, 
Kukoc took the last shot. Right. And and made it, right? And right. this th- that that story would have been blown up even more if he had missed that shot. I agree. Right? Um right. I so I think I agree with you there 100%. Um I think my I think why I took such a strong stance against Scotty is because of a thing like that. Um, because like, I think this personality has been in his DNA for a while. I don't think the last dance has brought it out of him. Like he's consistently said that, uh, LeBron is better than Jordan and being a teammate of Jordan, being like, being like, listen, that's a, that's actually a pretty common take in today's day and age. But like, you were literally the number two to that guy. Yeah. And for, for you to say, like, to go out, out of your way, first of all, to say, like, yeah, this guy was is definitely better than the guy I played with is, like, one of the most disrespectful things you could probably ever do. Right. And that, and that so, other thing, too, is getting to my point where he was never – he never wanted to be that – he never wanted to be the number two. And he had his problem with, with Kraus. And he kind of – if you – like, when you watch The Last Dance, his version, like, to me, he kind of – it kind of really shows his true colors. And I feel like he got really pissed off that he kind of got exposed because what yeah. did he do? Right. Instead of deciding to get surgery in the off season, he waited until the regular season. So he could get, he could be injured then and he didn't have to play. Right. Yeah. That's a bitch move. Didn't want to go mm-hmm. into the game. Bitch move. Constantly, yeah. constantly complaining this over this course when he was at ESPN and all that other stuff on the media, like you mentioned, talking about uh, – uh, and he said what, – what did he say about Phil Jackson? Didn't he say something that Phil Jackson uh, – no, no, I'm not completely certain. Oh, he, he, said, he said Phil Jackson was racist. He made that, that comment. Right yeah. there, right? Not a single report, not a single player had ever come out in the 30-plus <laughs> years that Phil Jackson has coached basketball, who's coached – Numerous, numerous, numerous African American athletes have ever mm. said that Phil Jackson is a racist, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. N- oh, not now you decide to say this, right? Yeah. His true colors are coming out, and to be honest, like I said at first I felt, you know, I understood where he's coming from, but then you dig a little deeper, and to be honest, like the guy just he he just can't accept the fact that he wasn't he wasn't Michael Jordan. Yeah. And like 100%. you said it before, he went he went other places. He got paid after that. He got the biggest contract in the NBA at the time when he moved to Portland, right? That was right after the Bulls. And then he yeah. went to Houston to, to to try with that with that little triumvirate. I, I wasn't uh, Barkley. uh Charles Barkley on that team. Uh, and, I think uh, there was two other All Stars who yeah, and that team All-Stars. completely collapsed too yeah. because you know that you don't have a Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan type figure on a team like that. You're not going to win a championship. So to be honest, man, fuck this guy. Yeah, I mean, here the one point that I'll end this, uh, the that I'll end this little segment on, is the last thing he said in his excerpt was Pippen even claims that none of the featured teammates made a single dollar from the dock. Meanwhile, Jordan himself made a whopping ten million as a production partner, and not to mention having final creative control. Uh, so, see, to 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 Jordan though, ten million's not whopping. No, it's, it's not. But when all of your teammates who took the time out of the, your day to lift you up made no money at all from that, and you make ten million. Like, for, see, they for, don't. See, I don't look at it that way, though. I look at it as I first of all, those guys don't get any any airtime on media or whatsoever, right? They're basically forgotten unless unless Jordan brings them up. This is a Michael Jordan documentary. Like, this is right. about this guy, and I get like, oh yeah, you know, you want to support the guys that brought you up. Jordan 
Jordan did this whole thing, man. Like this is this is his fucking show. Without this, all of these guys are peanuts. Yeah. You know, they should be begging to get onto the show, right? They should be lucky that they got the opportunity to be asked questions about about Michael Jordan. That's just the way I look at it. Yeah, I I get I that's fair, I guess. The only the only thing that although it was yeah, it was a Jordan documentary. It was mainly focused on the that Bulls team. Like, and there was a couple episodes. Like, there was one episode specifically about Pippen, one specifically about Rodman. There was one that had to do a lot with the Olympics and Kukoc and that little beef that happened. Um, so while I do think it was about Jordan, I think, especially if you're a producer, you know, t- toss the guys some money, toss your teammates some dough, you know. But um, anyway, moving on from there. Um, what else is happening in the sports world? Oh, they, well, the Atlanta Braves just won the World Series. That was big. And we're done with that segment. On to the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I want to say one thing though. People were really complaining about how uh, ESPN post made a post about Squid Game, but they didn't make a post about the World Series. Yeah, right. And they were like, "Oh, so-called worldwide leader of sports." And trust me, listen. Anybody wants to have a dig at ESPN, I'll hop in. You know what I'm saying? But right. this, to me, isn't what highlights. Like, you know, old – I feel like they're just old, grumpy baseball fans that just can't accept – talking about people that can't accept things. Baseball fans can't accept that their sport's dying faster than boxing. Like, yeah. baseball and what MLB has done to be proactive about the sport is so poor – Network, I know that's kind of over now, but that really, really, really hurt the brand like big time. Like baseball itself as a sport is dying off. The viewership, I know the viewership, it's kind of maintained constant, but in terms of youth, like it, the, the main sport, it, it's not baseball probably isn't even top three, right? We're talking football in America, we're talking football, kids are playing soccer now, and we're talking basketball. You know, yeah, like, sure. and these are sports that are on the rise. These are sports that are, are, are ingrained in American culture. And while baseball has been in, and has what used to be America's most popular sport, there is a reason ESPN didn't make a post about the World Series. You think they're stupid? I mean, most of the time they kind of are. But you, you, you really think they're that dumb that they wouldn't make a post about the MLB or the World Series if they thought that it would actually bring them some sort of uh, <laughs> engagement or notoriety. No one cares. There's a reason ESPN didn't make a post about it, and they posted about Squid Game. Squid Game's going to get them engagements, likes, retweets. People might, you know, go to the ESPN app. That's the whole. That's the whole deal here about social media. They, if they, they cared about baseball. If they knew people actually would create engagement on posts about baseball, they would have posted about baseball. 100%. 100%. Their marketing department knows it works. Like, they know what's going on here. You know, yeah. this is Disney we're talking about here. This isn't this isn't your backdoor uh, 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 TV network, you know? This that, is Disney we're talking about. That's also a thing, too. Like, right off that point, it is Disney, so their focus is going to be on kids. And most kids – well, okay, not most. I don't know what the number is, so I'm not just going to say something. But from my experience, I know that – a lot of kids these days probably care way more about Netflix and what's going on in like the even the um 
online gaming world than they do about the World Series. And, and that's the thing, goes. though. Like, you just finished watching Squid Game, and you see a, a funny post that ESPN makes or, or SportsCenter tweets out about Squid Game, and it shifts your focus, right? We, we, we had the episode couple episodes ago about about social media and 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 how that changes you right like these guys are constantly their algorithm is going to push out something that is going to tell them to push push out something that uh, may or may not be related to sports but it's going to get you over to the espn platform Mm -hmm. speaking of great algorithms i kind of wanted to tell you a story about uh apple because listen man apple I think we talked, I don't know how much we talked about it, but we briefly talked about Apple and how they've kind of just reeled everybody in and their brand is just... Oh, they got me good. Right. It's, it's, their brand is kind of like a status thing now. It's, it's, if you have Apple, you're, you have money. That's kind of like what they've done with their brand. But basically, um, I broke my phone screen a couple days ago and, uh, whatever phone shattered. It was fine. It was still working. I just needed to get the screen fixed. So I make an appointment uh, for 6.40 p.m. the next day. So whatever. Next day comes. I drive over to the Apple store. First off, they built a brand new Apple store, uh, Apple store in Old Orchard Mall. It's beautiful, right? Like, their, like, design on everything is, So like, simplistic. So simplistic. But yeah, technologically, not, yes. It's, it's, like, it's so nice to look at a fucking iPhone, a fucking I, Apple Watch. Like, all of their products are oh, aesthetically it pleasing. Like, aesthetically super fucking pleasing, right? So I get in there, and, right, so I'm walking in, and there's two people who are at the front, like, greeting people with an iPad. So I walk up to one of them. They're like, hey, how are you? How's your day? He's like, "Um, what are you here for today? And so I'm like, oh, I have an appointment. Give them my last name. They find me right away. They're like, okay, go ahead to the back and go ahead and sit on one of those chairs over there. So I go over to the back, and, like, where the chairs are, they're a bunch of little boxed wooden chairs, but they're pretty comfortable. And you sit down in them, and there's a ton of other people. It's like a little bit. It's like a coffee hub almost. So you're sitting around these other. It's people. a genius bar. It, it's a genius bar, right? So you're sitting there with a ton of other people, and then they have their products just lined up to the left of you and to the right of you, and all you can see is Apple and like their awesome walls with like every single little department within Apple. So they have their Beats wall, they have their iPhone 13 wall their uh apple plus wall so like you're just looking at all of apple's products and then to top it off there's like a almost i think a hundred foot tv in the back so it's a a hundred foot tv with just apple products and just slow-mo like playing and (laughs) and coming in and out dude you're just watching them you're just watching them really watching this i'm literally like like in my head i'm sitting there i'm thinking Wow, these people have figured it out to the fucking T. And you know they figured it out because they, like, you know what's happening to you, and you're completely okay with it. I'm completely okay with it. I'm sitting there, I'm enjoying. I'm like, dude, I love Apple. Like, I'm just sitting there. I'm like, Uh I love this fucking store. I even sent my, I sent my dad a text. I'm like, dude, this Apple store is nuts. So I'm sitting in there, and um, sitting in the chair, whatever. And a person comes up to me, this Asian guy, super nice guy. He's like, hey man. He's like. Uh, my name's blah, blah, blah. I'm here to take care of you. He's like, why don't you come this way with me? So we go, we go sit in a chair. He sits me down. He gives me, you know, really simple ex- instructions about um, uh, turning off the find my iPhone app and all this other stuff. It was a really quick five minute process, right? So within five minutes, he's gotten all my information. Um, he's asked me all the security questions. He's made me agree with whatever little contract. And he's like, okay, this is how much it's going to be. Here's your ticket. When you come back tomorrow, uh, show this ticket to the front and you go to the back and they'll give you your phone. 
brand new, brand new fix, whatever. Right. So it was probably total of 20 minutes to go in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Have someone customer service talk to me like in a super nice tone. I got one on one. I got to ask a couple questions like, oh, could I pick it up after work tomorrow? Because I worked like, yeah, it's fine. Was this, part, this is part of Apple Care, right? And this, this is not a part of Apple Care. Whoa, actually. okay. So, so I, my Apple Care expired, so I didn't have right. any warranty on my phone. So I had to pay $200 for the screen and the LCD, everything to get fixed. But whatever, right? Like 200 right. bucks, whatever. Right. It's your phone. So he gives me the slip. I leave, right? With a great, like, I'm feeling great, honestly, because it literally took, like, me no mental effort. To get my phone and get repaired, whatever. And normally, when you have to do shit like that, like if you're getting your phone screen fixed, or like let's say your laptop breaks and you go to a store like um, Micro Center, if you remember those stores, like yeah, yeah. it takes forever. Customer service is kind of shitty. Their reps don't really know what they're doing, but these guys they have it down to the science. So the next day, I'm in traffic for like an hour and a half. I'm pissed off because I got to drive to the Apple Store and fucking get my phone. So I get to the Apple store there again, same thing. I say, oh, hi, this is my slip. They go, okay, two seconds. Okay, go to the back. They'll be with you in a second. Literally a minute later, I'm sitting on that wooden chair again, admiring the Apple products all around me. Person comes up to me. Hi, uh, are you Edgardo? Nice to meet you. Um, Just come with me real quick and we'll get you all set up. Takes 10 seconds. She shows me exactly what to do. Turns my phone on, says, Everything's downloaded. We were able to, uh, the iCloud backup was complete. You're all good. You're ready to go. And that was it. And all your apps and everything, it's like nothing even happened. Like it was literally like nothing even happened. All my data, all my pictures, any apps that I had, they were all there, bro. Like it's great. So, so I'm sitting there and like, normally I don't gush about places like this, but like that was exactly how customer service is supposed to be anywhere. Like, I've, if I, like, had to choose a model for customer service, I would put that in every single one of my stores, whatever it like, let's say you had, like, let's say you had, like, a Galaxy S whatever, whatever they're on, right? Do you think your mm-hmm. customer service would be the same at Samsung? Probably not, no. Probably not, right? And, like, that's the thing with Apple, too, is, like, I know for a fact they've got me good. And it doesn't even matter because – Everything is so integrated, right? Like I got a new phone and like I uh, I always did my like my backups to my computer. I was like a very old school guy. I was like, oh, just back it up to your computer. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I like, never had iCloud. And then I, I finally like hooked up my – I got – I paid the – it was like $3 for like 300 gigabytes or something of data, which is more than enough for my old A+. I back it all up. I get the new phone. It's all shiny and all that stuff. I turn it on. Within 20 minutes, all my photos, all my messages, everything, everything I had on my old phone, it's the exact same, boom, right there. And it's like, you sit there and you think about it, like you can't, when you, let's say you even wanted to switch phones, like you can't do that. You know, you need to get a, you need to put all your contacts in and all this other crap. Like all I do, pop in the SIM card, the iCloud goes in, boom, I'm done. And like, that's the thing too, with repairs, like. It's $200 and it probably should be less. And we could get in that in a different episode about right to repair and all that stuff. But, uh, and what they did with the repair market is kind of crazy, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, first of all, this $200 expense, it's my phone. It's, it's an extension of my body. 
Like, I'm just gonna, like, it's very simple. It's like here, you know, like done deal. I don't really care. You right. know, it, 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 it's, it's a necessity and it's a part of your life. And I think, yeah, dude, they got it. They got it down, man. They got it. They got it real. They got it real down. But an hour and a half in Chicago traffic doesn't surprise me. No, it's, it's pretty bad. How man. many miles away is that Apple store from your house? <laughs> like four? Yeah, like six. <laughs> it takes it. Yeah, dude, that's that's Chicago right there in a nutshell. It's Chicago, and you know it's you know what I though I love the city of Chicago. I really don't ever see my I see myself leaving at some point, but not because I want to leave the city. Not of for long. You'll come back. You'll yeah, come back. I'll, I I will come back if I leave. It'll just be for a little hiatus type thing. But the one thing, bro, that like irks me about Chicago is not even the traffic because. I understand with a city of 3 million people, there's going to be fucking traffic. What I don't understand is why they fucking decide to work on four highways at the same time. <laughs> the same time. At the, the same fu- fucking They close time. it all down to one lane. All down to fucking one lane. Like you, like, you and I both know, 88 was fucked for three years. Oh, man. It was bad just to get like, to school. There was, there was traffic on 88, and by the way, anyone who doesn't know what 88 is, 88 leads you into Bumblefuck, Iowa. It's, it's like, wide open, like wide it's open. wide fucking open, and the fact that there's traffic on 88 should be a cardinal sin. Not like, anymore, you should go thank to, God. Not anymore, but you should go to hell for that type of thing. Like literally, 294, construction. 294, 94. I remember after the mustache crawl, 294, man, I was like, what the hell is going on here? It's a Saturday night construction. Construction. 57, construction. Um, 90, which is literally like the most important highway because it's right by the loop. So right when you're turning into Chicago, there's only literally three lanes when it should be at least five. Like at least five by downtown. So so literally like if you're leaving work at five o'clock, right, and you're normally 30 minutes from home, add another 45. Yeah. Like onto that trip. Because only because of that small little intersection. Nick's beat Milwaukee. To Sorry to interrupt you. Nick's beat Milwaukee by 15 after trailing by 21 in the first half. That's my team right there, baby. That's my Listen, team. Listen, if you want, we could talk about that. Like, what? Let, what are your NBA ranks right I now? I love because this team. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I pay attention to the Lakers. Obviously, you know that, and obviously, I've been following the Bulls because they're off to this hot start. But I don't really know who like the powerhouse teams are yet. No, to be honest, I mean, you know my stance on the NBA. I, I, I you know, it, 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 it's very, it, it's very early, you know. But I, I, here's my, here's my, uh, here's my assessment. In the East, I think it's a very clear two-headed race here. Um, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, these, these, uh, like the heat, the Knicks, the bulls, the, the 76ers and all that, they can look good for about 10 games. You know what I'm saying? And it, it could be like, Oh, wow. This team may really have a shot. Let's be honest here. Okay. Like uh-huh. you need a superstar to win and at barring any major injuries, I think, I think probably the bucks are going to repeat. I could be wrong. Um, but, uh, in the East, in the West, it's a different story. Very, very tough. I can't really say right now. I mean, right. you got to remember your champions last year were the uh, in the in the in the West were the Suns, you know. And you got you got really good teams out in the East. The Clippers are still in contention. The Lakers are still there. Uh, the the uh, let's see, the Utah Jazz are really good. The Denver Nuggets are really good. Is Jamal Murray going to come back, or is he already back? I think he's. I think he's he still will out. be back. 
He will be back probably by Christmas time. All right. Well, if he's back by Christmas, then I'll, you, you throw them in contention. Like we got, it, it's a very different conversation out in the West. I don't know about you. I don't really have a West front runner. Uh, I really don't either. Um, the the Russell Westbrook experiment right now is not going well. It's actually going exactly as planned. I thought yeah, it was pretty much exactly how we thought it was going to go. Yeah. Um. I it's mean, a bit early. Jazz, listen, the, the Jazz. They always look. I mean, the last three years they've always jumped out to the number one. They've seed always and, been a regular season team. Yeah, they they love the regular season. It's perfectly fine. The Warriors have really surprised me. They that's, are a sleeper. That's a team that has really really surprised me just because like. They're not very lengthy. They don't get a lot of rebounds, but they somehow can find every three-point shooter, like, available. Like, they got Jordan Poole playing at an unbelievable level right now. Steph's back, obviously, doing his thing. Um, even guys like uh, Draymond, like, he, he's just still there playing. So, And then they get Clay back at some point, so they're, they're lethal. But, dude, I'm looking at these records right now. The East is stacked this year. Like, uh, record yeah, look, 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 look at this though. This is All probably right. the, this is the first time in, I don't know how long that I've visibly noticed that the East has at least six better records than the West does. Right. The, so right now, as it stands, the West has one seven, one team and one six, one team. The rest of the team. How many games West, are you talking here? Nine. This is. Eight, what do most eight teams to have? Nine. Eight, 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 eight to nine, nine games. Yeah. Most, mostly eight. Um, so the Jazz have seven, right? The Warriors have six wins. The rest of the other six playoff seeds have five or four wins in the West, right? In the East, there's the 76ers at the top at seven and two. And then every single other seed has six wins. Right. Miami has six. Chicago has six. Brooklyn has six. The Wizards have six. The Knicks have six. The Cleveland Cavaliers have six. The Raptors have six. And then the Cavs, the Miami, man. Dang. The, the Cavs, dude. And listen, they're young. They're talented. They got Jared Allen in that trade for us. Oh, they're up and coming. They're up and coming, man. Colin Sexton, Seti Oseman. He's a dog. A he's he a, dog. a dog. I watched him live. He's, he's good. He's really good. But here's the thing. Dude, it's way too early. We're, it is not, way we're early, an eighth right? of the way through sure. the season. For you know? sure. Like it it's one of those things where if it's if it's February, then you can talk. Then let's talk to see if the East is, is actually like that. You know, I it, teams it's very streaky, you know. It, it it's kinda like baseball in the way. In the regular season, especially you got a huge sample size of games. We got eighty one games of basketball. Right. Teams, teams, teams can win five games in a row. They can the first 10 games. They can have seven wins. You think the 76ers are going to win the chip? No. You think the 76ers are going to win the East? Maybe. Maybe win the second round game. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Right. They're seven and two or, or, or seven and one or whatever it is. You know what the problems with that team, right? Ben Simmons and that whole fallout. It's still not sorted yet. And we're in the season. So, give it time. Let's let's see where let's see where the chips fall. I'm really interested. I'm really well. well it, this is a, it's a developing story. We'll put it that way with the East. That's to see to see if right now we're looking for a team to contend with the Bucks and the Nets. We're finding that team that can actually Bucks, do it. Listen, the Bucks got to step it up though. They're at they four did. Five yeah, they right do. Now. They do. They're under 500 for the first time in probably a long time. So they got to figure but, it out. Okay, didn't it happen in, in that COVID year? Right. 
the Lakers like lost or something like five or six straight games, and everyone acted like the world was over. Like, right. is LeBron done? Like, uh, this team is not it. Like, can he play with other? Can he play with other players? Like, like you know, it's like, whoa, 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 what's with all this LeBron James slander here? He lost six games. Like, calm it down, just a tone, you know. And then they end up coming back. You know, I get there was an extended break with COVID. They end up coming back and winning the whole thing. So. You know, we'll see. It's a de- it's a developing thing, but I would like to see a team go on a good extended run. Hopefully, it's the Knicks. But we'll, uh, you know, a, t- a team like the Cavs or something like that. You know, where they, like yeah. it's December and we're like, wow, they 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 have like thirty wins. You know, like it, it it'll be cool to see. It will be cool to see. Also, I will root for the Knicks too in the East. I love the Knicks. I love. Them. I think I think they're that franchise that just at some point they just gotta win one. You gotta do it. You gotta. I, I get it. Probably not this year. I don't think they have the, the pieces yet, but I mean, they're exciting. They're exciting last year. Kemba brings out his UConn form. He, Kemba's in UConn form. D Rose is in like, he he's not in prime form, but he's almost figured out how to play without the bounce now. I That's the like, thing. I loved how D Rose has changed his game. Like he's gone through the stages of grief. Right. Yeah. And there's definitely the denial stage for a good period of time mm-hmm. where you just and I get it. You're you're a certain type of player your whole life, not my NBA career, your whole life. He's exactly. been a drive to the basket, aggressive player, and he can't be that guy anymore. He has to, no. he has to switch it up. It's kind of what Jordan had to do. Kobe had to do the same thing. You, yeah. you got to change your game, um, yeah. whether you're forced to do so or, or it's a strategic move. And uh, I, I, I love the fact that he's been able to mold himself into a, a solid, solid role player on any team in the NBA, realistically. I think any team in the NBA could really use – I mean, besides the teams that have good point guard, backup point guard, uh, it, he could really, like – I think he, he's here to stay. Dude, I, th- I think he's a six-man-of-the-year candidate on every team. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he like, if you think about – what Derrick Rose was when he was in MVP form to what he is now, it's night and day difference. Incredible. But the, but the night difference isn't bad. It's not a bad one at all. Like It's not as bad as we thought because here's the thing. Here's what everyone thought. He was done. Yeah. Everyone no one thought, thought he, he couldn't be back. in the league anymore. And and even when people saw him on the court, like, oh, man, Derrick Rose, what a shame. What a Dude, shame. You know? Yeah. That's what everyone says when you see Derrick Rose on the court. Oh, man, what a shame. Now, yeah, I mean – Dude, I I'm so happy he's a Nick, and I not even him. All that whole Bulls team, dude. You got Tosh Gibson on there. You got the coach Tom Thibodeau. You know we like we got half the old Bulls roster on that team. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it, dude. I'm I'm happy for D Rose. I hope he keeps playing well. Um. So speaking of kind of I guess prima donna shit today, there's a lot of uh, egotistical guys. Let's talk about the NFL and Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Um, so if you don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, one, you live under a rock because ESPN's talking about it 24 fucking seven, but, um, basically Aaron Rodgers lied. A bad man did a bad thing. Yeah. He, he, he lied quotation marks because, you know, allegedly whatever discussing his vaccination status. And, um, basically he has publicly said that, um, he was immunized, uh, which no one knows what the fuck that means. But oh, it just means he got the vaccine, right? But he didn't get the vaccine, right? Right? Yeah. Right? But so, he didn't. So, but he didn't. So, so in his mind, I think him saying immunized was a that's way. Just, of, no, that's just the term. That's the term used. Okay. Right. Okay. Fine. Fair. But I, I thought I didn't think that he was using it to say he was vaccinated. I think he was using it to say like 
oh, like I, I'm, I'm fine. Like no, I, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers knows what he's knows knows what he's saying there. He, but, he, he, he tried to play the system a little bit, and uh, he did. But did you hear what he just said about uh, on the Pat McAfee show? No, I didn't. I actually I wanted to listen to that. If you, what, so, what did he say there? So he, I'll read the. Um, hold on, let me find. It. I'll read the entire the entire quote. But basically, he said that um, he has an allergy to the M- to the mRNA vaccine. That he's allergic to a chemical in the mRNA vaccine, and he can't take it. So now he's like, it, it's like his almost cop out way of saying. And then he's basically saying, okay, I did my own research. You know, I called my good friend Joe Rogan, and uh, I'm doing all his protocols to get better. So it's like. See, I think he's trying to deviate the 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 narrative. Yeah. And, and I never thought the narrative – like the, here's the thing. The narrative wasn't Aaron Rodgers is a bad person because he didn't take the vaccine. That was never, ever, ever the narrative. There are multiple players that don't want the vaccine. There's multiple coaches that don't want the vaccine. That is completely fine, right? There's a sole subset of rules in the NFL for players who don't want to take the vaccine for a reason, right? This is a hot issue. If you don't want to take it, fine, whatever. Just follow these rules. Get your test, blah, 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 right? Yeah. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is lying about the fact he has an allergy to the mRNA vaccine and everything that he said there. I think if all of this – if if this is what he had determined and a doctor had told him or whatever that you shouldn't take this vaccine, you're allergic to the vaccine, or even if he didn't even consult a doctor and he was like, I don't want to take this for the following reasons. Why was that not communicated to the NFL and why instead did he say, yeah, I got it? Yeah. (laughs) So that like, that's the thing, right? Cause like Kyrie is at least Kyrie's honest. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm not doing this. Kyrie's getting the ultimate backlash right now because he made a decision. Right. And it's his decision, whatever. No one's like crucifying him for, well, some people are, but in my opinion, no one's crucifying. No, yeah. I don't care that he does that. His opinion is he doesn't want to take the vaccine. No. Right. Like, right. But like, and he put his money on the line, whatever, but he's not playing. Right. Aaron Rodgers has played eight weeks. Lied about also the- not wearing like the protocol is too like Carson Wentz is is also not vaccinated right you see that guy he's on the sidelines wearing a mask all the time he's wearing a mask inside all that stuff because that's the protocol right yeah Aaron Rodgers ain't wearing no mask dog <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers didn't give a fuck man. dude fuck Aaron Rodgers <laughs> you know dude what? just went out there was like I don't care I'm partying all that whatever you know what it's, it's fucking crazy to me that the one year I decide, you know what, I'm going to draft this guy on my fantasy team because he's just a sleeper. I could get him later in the rounds. I draft this dude, and now he starts this fucking bullshit. And now I got to start. Hey, at least he's coming back, okay? He, Unlike okay. the guys who drafted Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I have him in one league too, so that's tough. OJ but, um, is still on my roster. He's yet to play. <laughs> I had to drop him, man. I, I, uh, the, uh, them boys don't, don't allow that on their, on their teams. But, um. They don't like liars. We don't like liars. We don't like speedsters. But, uh, I mean, this whole thing, like, at this point, I'm really tired of hearing about, like, all this COVID stuff, bro. I don't yeah, know how man. you feel. I'm just I'm sick. I'm right of, there with you. I'm, I'm, I, like, at this point, I don't really care. Um, You know, it. it's a terrible, it's a terrible, terrible disease, right? It, it Or a terrible virus. It ran through the U.S. It's something that we've never seen before. 
but we're already almost going on two years in March, right? Like we're beyond done. Yeah, we're we've had enough. And like, I mean, dude, here's my opinion. I've thought about it, right? Because to to me, get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. I don't care. If I was the uh, president of the United States, here's what I would do, and it doesn't mean shit. But here's what I would do. I wouldn't care if you wear a mask or not. It'd be up to the person who runs the event or owns the building that you're in to say to put a mask on. And if the person who runs the building, owns the building says, hey, I require you to wear a mask in in my building, so be it. That's fine. But I don't think the government should tell you, oh, yeah, you have to put a mask on, whether you're vaccinated or not. At the end of the day, the vaccine is widely available. It is free. If you want to get the vaccine, you want to protect yourself, you go ahead and do that, right? If you don't want to get the vaccine for personal, religious reasons, whatever it may be, you don't get the vaccine. If that means that you want to wear a mask, go ahead. If that means you're not vaccinated and you don't want to wear a mask, go ahead. Because guess what? It's a free fucking country, okay? It's a free country, and if you want to do if you want to do that, you can go ahead and do that, right? Because – I get the argument that, oh, okay, if a vaccinated, unvaccinated person doesn't wear a mask, he can spread the virus to another unvaccinated person who doesn't wear the mask. They understand the risks, right? Like most people understand the risks of going out. You could get COVID. This was before, obviously, the vaccine. And even now, though, right? Right. You could get COVID, right? When you go out and you go to a party or you go somewhere, you go to a big event, you could get COVID, right? You could get hit by a car. You could get shot, right? Like there's a million risks that you take by leaving and going somewhere. And and at the end of the day, we're this far deep now. It's widely available. It's free. You don't want to wear a mask. You don't want to get vaccinated. Fine. But the second you here and start telling me that even though I'm vaccinated, I'm double vaccinated, even people who've had three shots and they've had they've had the Pfizer and the Moderna and all and all this other crap, right? that they still have to go out there and wear a mask, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't make any sense. No, I, I agree. Um, at this point, it's just – it is what it is. I mean – But you are right. You did make a good point. Kyrie Irving has gotten a lot of shit from me included about this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's getting shit, but not as much as Kyrie not Irving. Not as much, and man. And Kyrie Irving, Kyrie no. Irving didn't lie, Right. He yeah. never lied, right? Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving took this dance from the very beginning. Yeah. Okay. Like, we need to cru- – if you're going to crucify Kyrie Irving, we need to crucify this guy way worse. Way, way worse. But he's not going to get that same treatment. No, he won't. He, and I guess, you know – that The reason why is a different debate. It is a different debate. Um, I think one big reason, I don't think it's the biggest reason, but I think one big reason is the way that the NFL treats the COVID vaccine and the way the NBA does. I think that's the... the NBA are tyrants. (laughs) They're tyrants over their people. Tyrants. Listen, the NBA has just had a firm stance on it. That's that's the whole thing. The NFL If you run the company, if you run the company and you say, I want vaccines for everybody, well, Bob, I guess everyone's getting the goddamn vaccine because guess who's paying you? Yep. You, the the commissioner. The commissioner. Um, And them big old women down in San Antonio. Them big old women down in San Antonio (laughs) whooping them churros. (laughs) Show Uh, me how to do it again, Chuck. 
Do it again, Chuck. Do it again, Chuck. <laughs> do it again, Chuck. Can you know? He know he look like he know what he doing. Can Dude, my favorite line. I was watching the best of NBA on TNT. My favorite thing was is Kenny goes. Hakeem Olajuwon once asked me, and I think I think it was Chuck interrupted. He goes, "Get me some water." Yeah, he's like, can you <laughs> me some water? Oh, dude, I died. I died. Was, was the clip in there of uh, Chuck when he tells uh, Shaq that he looks like Shrek? Yes, of course. He's like, he's like, um, uh, Shaq is going. He's like, who they confuse you for? He's like, oh, Magic Johnson. And <laughs> Chuck goes Shrek. Shrek, and the whole the whole crew starts laughing, including like even the producer. Yeah, like, and, and then Shaq gets mad at the producer. Shaq's like, you laughing? Shaq gets mad at the producer. You laughing at me? Like, you laughing, Anthony? He's like, what? You laughing, Kenny's like, Anthony was nice. He's like, oh, Anthony was laughing. He's like, what's so funny, Ernie? Shazam! <laughs> um, I found this pretty interesting article. It says, eight shocking things you didn't know are happening in the world right now. You might not find it as interesting as me, but I'm going to say it anyway. Number one, take a guess, actually. What do you think are eight things that are happening in the world? Oh, geez. Eight things that are happening in the world? Yeah, eight things that you think are happening in the world right now that most people probably have no clue. Uh, this is a brief segment, by the way. I don't want to go too deep into this. It's just an interesting read. Shit, I mean, I don't have eight. I'll give you. I'll. I'll, I'll probably give you one though. Give me one. Uh, the fucking IRS is coming after your money next year. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a, a money statement. No, we need to talk about this. This affects literally everybody. Do you use Venmo, Eddie? I do use Venmo. You use Venmo. I guarantee you the the that anybody who listens to this has used Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, uh, QuickPay, all of these things, right? I mean, yeah. how else do you pay people? Uh, they, the old limit to get re- transactions reported was $20,000 and over 200 transactions, right? Right. You know what the new limit is? What's the new limit? Aggregate $600. So explain this to our viewers. Let's say you and I live together and you pay me rent in cash through through Venmo, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say rent costs $1,200 and you pay me $600. That $600 gets reported to the IRS. Now, uh, I've heard that it's only if the tag good or service is used. Uh, in that case, fine. I'll use a different example. And let's say, uh, like I pay somebody, you know, uh, like you go to a, you go to a jewelry vendor, they, they'll take Venmo, right? They'll take, they'll take those uh, different payment methods. Right. Right. And I buy a thousand dollar piece of jewelry or something. And then I take that piece of jewelry and I go to a party and someone says, I'll buy it from you for five, uh, $1,500. Or I buy a shoe from Nike for $120 and I sell it to somebody for $600 and they pay me on Venmo, right? Right. That payment is going to get sent to the IRS and they're going to know that that happened. Now, what got taken out of the, the latest infrastructure bill was $600 in your bank account, which is a whole different situation because that's crazy. But that would get like the that sale. And this affects like a lot. This affects a lot of like not even small businesses because this is. Or I'm talking about like grinders out there that are just doing this as a side hustle, flipping so shoes. Yeah, okay, you know, okay. like just just shit like that, right? Flipping stuff. Entrepreneur types. Shit's gonna get reported now to the absolute fucking max, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, what I remember we had this conversation before, but that's six hundred dollars. 
you said that originally that it was just going to be anybody who spends six hundred dollars could be tracked, right? That was so going to be not, for your bank account. Yeah, that that got taken account, out, right? I believe. So that's yeah. so that's not a thing anymore. It will be no. They're they're going to do something. They're doing something, but six hundred dollars is ridiculous. You want to you want to go at this whole thing about going after the rich and then setting the limit at six hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I'm pretty either they don't know how much things cost these days, but $600 clearly, it takes yeah. two seconds to spend through. They're clearly targeting someone here, and it's not the rich. Um, well, at, I mean, at what point do you think we'll get as bad as China? Because let's, I, I know for I'm not too knowledgeable on the subject read a couple articles and seen a couple things taxation is theft eddie i uh, know i'm kidding but uh, no but like <laughs> you know like okay so i know china is doing something where basically they have all your information like 20 oh they know everything like they know exactly where you are at a given time and i think it has something to do with 5g um I don't know how much you know about that. Nah, dude, here's the thing, right? So China does know everything about its people. They know your bank statements. They know everything, right? To a certain extent, America doesn't know that, right? The IRS doesn't get your bank statements. The IRS doesn't know exactly, you know, when I I pay you $100 in cash, they don't know that happened, right? Like they they don't know like a good amount of things. But in terms of your raw data, they know, man. The the NSA's budget's multi-billion dollar, like, tens of hundreds of billions of dollars. They know everything. They got everything on your phone. They got it all, man. Like it's just about how they use that information. It gets all stored somewhere. Interesting. Okay. So when do you think, do you ever think it'll get as bad as China? It could. It really could. Uh, it, It could. Line. It's a, when you start impeding people's personal rights. Like I think this is a personal rights violation. Like you are, it's my job to report to the government how much I made and earned an income throughout the year. Right. That's my job as a taxpayer. Right. It's not their fucking job to watch my bank account like my parents would when I was like 16. Yeah. You know, like this is a clear like there's got to be a fine line where like, yeah, at at a certain rate. Right. If I have absolute authority, it means I you won't get away with anything. Right. Because I know everything that happens. But there's got to be a fine line between a country with freedoms and rights that their their monitoring of you is less impeded, right? And I think the fine line there, I mean, there there's a few things that could push that over. Financial regulation laws, it doesn't even have to be financial. It could be with it could be with human rights. It could be it could be something on that level. Uh it it, it really like we are we are closer than people think to to uh to a semi-communistic environment. Just because of the fact the way the government's run, if you look at if you look at the old versions of what a of what of what America was supposed to be, big states' rights, big on individualism, the you know the person, the personal freedoms, a lot of that's a lot of that's impeded now. You know, like yeah. the government the government already knows a lot of, and I'm not even talking about financially. I'm talking about your data wise. They know everything, man. They they have it all. Mm-hmm. Well. That's fucked. I mean, oh yeah, big time. Yeah. Uh, at some point, there's got to be rules, though, right? That'll regulate that. Hundred percent, right? There's a there's a line there's a line between regulation and making and, and public safety, right? Like, like I'm all for individualism. I didn't say there shouldn't be any police. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff yeah. like stuff like defund the police really scares me, Ed. 
It really, yes. really scares me because I mean, the, when, when you say the words deep on the police, uh, that doesn't help me when I get robbed or someone's hurt or, or I need immediate attention or we, we need assistance. Like something terrible has happened. That doesn't that doesn't help in those situations. You know, I, I get the message. Believe me, I do. There needs to be something fixed about about police brutality in America. The answer that is really, really not the answer. It's not the answer at all. And along with that, um, in Chicago, I think over, I think the number was like 1,300 uh, cops have either retired or resigned uh, this year alone. Dude, if I if, um, if I was a cop, I don't know if I would want to do this anymore. No. I mean, you're, for... Not only is your life on the line every day, but now you're like, you're at risk of, of, of losing your job over like, you know that situation? Did you see that video where this guy put out a video saying that a cop intentionally dropped a bag of it was in some narcotic i don't know if it was like it was like cocaine or heroin or something right but uh, a cop intentionally dropped a bag of narcotics and charged this guy with narcotic possession right and everyone's freaking okay. out like oh this is your this is just your good old like it's your typical you know cop hate evidence yeah. hate crime blah 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 turns out first of all there wasn't narcotics in that bag and second of all the cop didn't plan it he just moved it from the trunk to the back seat. Like, it's stuff like that where it's like this cop probably got like tons of hate messages for yeah, just doing his job correctly. Like, there are cops out a... there that have done that, right? Yeah. There are real crooked cops out there. But like, this type of like just attack and hate and type deal, you know? Speaking of attack and hate, our boy Portnoy is uh, under attack yeah. here. Uh, our boy Portnoy is under attack, and I think, uh, listen, I, I obviously don't fucking know Dave Portnoy. Um, I followed Barstool for a long time. I've seen a lot of his content. Most of Barstool's content has him in it. I really don't see him. It's a really sensitive topic, but I really don't see him lying about this whole situation. No, yeah, and, and like, the thing is, is the response, too, is if you've, paid attention to his twitter the past two days not only right like we're talking a situation similar to trevor bowers right Uh, along the same lines right yeah basically bauer hasn't said a word since the stuff got released portnoy immediately like within minutes puts out a 10 minute video detailing the whole thing right he denies this allegation right puts it all out he even said and i know for a fact he ain't lying about this his lawyers definitely told him hey don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he was he, like, no, fuck you. That was the first you. thing he said. The first thing he said in the video was, my, my lawyers are going to me not to say this, but, you know, I'm just going to be me. Right, and here I go. And the entire I, time on Twitter, he's been going at Business Insider. He's been going at the reporter, right? She's been she's deleted her tweets. The CEO yeah. of Business Insider is banned from trading stocks. Did you know this? The I CEO or the, the founder of Business Insider got an sec violation like a insider trading violation and is banned from owning stocks <laughs> taking taking business, taking business insider meaning to a whole nother level like, <laughs> he really is a business insider he really is a business stuff. insider let me tell you but Dude, like uh, I, I i i think you know like like i said very sensitive issue not all the facts are out but it's one of those things where i, I this is why i bought more pen stock when the thing crashed yesterday and I'm already up nine percent on that because 
You know, it's I, funny. He tweeted that too this morning. I know. I did. Like, it was great. He, I was so. He, he I woke said, up this morning like, praying my shit didn't go to zero, and I saw it was a big green arrow, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" I'm pretty sure he was like, "I hope you guys all bought the dip or something like that." <laughs> like no, something guys- funny I found though. On a different note, some guy was tweeting at him because uh, I was just doing some investigation on the whole thing, and basically this guy said that there was a group of people that basically loaded up on puts of the stock before the news came out leveraged wow. into puts of the stock before the news came out which is very very concerning that there is something bigger at play here which is what i think is going on um but that right there was all i needed to know to buy some more stock because that that oh dude there's nothing more that pisses me off than someone like i get market manipulation happens all the time and there's a fine line between market manipulation and like and just buying a stock and selling it, right? But stuff like that where I see that puts on Penn National are over leveraged to the tits before the, all of a sudden before uh, news comes out that oh, man. Uh, Dave Portnoy allegedly uh, sexually assaults a couple girls is is very really concerning. Shocking. Yeah, for right. People, for 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 people who don't know what that means, basically all that means is that someone somewhere. In a high position, betting against the stock is betting against the stock, knowing probably that something was gonna fucking happen. Um, so that's kind of crazy to hear. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a very deep and sticky situation, but um, I think the company itself will be fine. Uh, I think the company too. I think the company's gonna be fine, especially like. The one thing that did concern me is Portnoy was like, well, it's a he said, she said thing at this point. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's a he, little like. He, he he basically was like, for, there's no, for one of them, there's no real, like for one of them. I yeah, when he it. said that, dude, I was and, like, mm, and, and that don't like, sound very not guilty he, to me. Yeah, I know. He And he said he posted this, like he posted the screenshots in the nine minute video. And he's like, but the other one, he's like, it's a he said, she said thing. And the way it's looking is it's probably never going to look good for me when it's a he said she said um but i don't know man i think for a guy who's probably had as many like sexual encounters as this dude has like i just don't see him be like i don't think he i'm he's an asshole like he is clearly an asshole like, oh yeah that's for sure but like he's an honest asshole <laughs> like he and, yeah he tells he does tell the truth in almost all his stuff like he's never there's never been any like allegations against him in terms of the company or like him lying about the, the value or the net earnings anything like that so i don't know i think um I'm sure he's been a dick to girls before. That's that's for sure. But to me, this just seems like huge line though between being a dick to a girl, yeah, and, and, and being and an assaulter, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, we'll I, find out. We really we, will. We'll find. We out. We will find out. And again, I'm not apparently kidding. apparently Business Insider's got another article. Oh, that they're gonna put out. That they're gonna put out. You know, but we'll find out. We'll I mean, out. I mean, now it's kind of personal. Now it's like business. Oh, it's insider. real personal. Now it's business insider versus Dave Portnoy. Like it's, it had nothing to do. Well, with, like, you know, the other thing anymore. too is the whole company rallied. And uh, the one thing I was glad to see too is that it wasn't just like the one thing I was concerned about was I knew that Dave's troops were going to come around and rally around him. Oh, Dave's a great guy. Blah blah blah. All that stuff, yeah. right? But what I needed to see was that the women at Barstool were also rallying around Dave. Yeah. 
because mm-hmm. this can't just be like his troops from the beginning, you know, one the of the college like, frat boys, the college frat boys. Like, I'm like, at the end of the day, that's who I am, but th- this is not a good representation of this current situation. No, and, right? Like, we his need ex- the his- leaders at that company to really come out. And I agree. And- I saw his uh, his ex wife tweeted about it too, so that was pretty impressive. That wow, she did she? Yeah, um, I mean, let, let's be honest. Her her last name's still Portnoy, so that just, I mean, her 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 name's Renee Portnoy. I'm sure <laughs> e- even when they leave, they just they can't they yeah, come crawling back. I mean, they come crawling would you change Would you change your fucking last name if you were married to a hundred million dollar guy? No, I probably wouldn't either. Um, well, it depends. The, did uh, Bezos change her name? I don't know. Did she? I think for, she did. For, for the well, school I, teacher? Listen, you know what's I, fucked up, too? She she went, the, her next fucking relationship was with a school teacher. <laughs> like, she, like, dude, think about how much you gotta hate a guy that's worth that. the most amount of money on earth and leave him for a school teacher. That means you really hated him. Like, you, you actually you hated that, him. She gonna leave with half. <laughs> did you, did you, uh, did you hear what, uh, Kim Kardashian said? She gave uh, this like huge soliloquy about how you know like oh yeah I married the best rapper of all time richest rapper blah blah blah, and then she goes so you just need to know I divorced him for his personality. <laughs> I, was, I thought that was funny. I thought that was yeah. real funny. I didn't, I didn't see that, but I've seen that she's been uh, with Pete Davidson now. I did see that. That was kind of funny. What the fuck is with this guy? Who Pete Davidson or Kanye yeah, West? Pete, Pete Davidson. Oh Pete Davidson. He's got with a know, lot of crazy. great looking women in his lifetime. I don't really understand it. About to ask Kim. Kim, you wanna? Kim, dude, he, his give us his, a call. His roster is pretty impressive. Kim, I know a few people that need uh, lawyer, your lawyer services. <laughs> dude, I know a lot of people who need. Did she not pass the bar though? I don't care. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> she can sit in my office. <laughs> Would she be your first lady, Kim? <laughs> first lady, first lady Kim Kardashian. My net worth immediately jumps. Uh, that's a done deal. That's a done deal and a half. I'm now, I'm now, I'm now, I'm now the richest man in DeKalb. If that What's happens, the my boy, you're the richest man maybe in the West, in the Midwest. If I if I have half the rights, the entire Kim Card, the entire Kardashian uh, estate, yes. <laughs> Dude, Kim, Car- you know her net worth one point two bill. Oh yeah, and I don't, we're not even talking about her mom. Or wait, is Kylie Jenner her sister or her cousin or what? What is uh, she? It's a uh, stepsister. Stepsister. Yeah. So not even half not even her multi billion dollar half brand. Sister, sorry, not stepsister. So half so half sister. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So even so, better. Even. But because she's um, literally blood. Yeah. Um, that's uh, the, my yeah, favorite. Yeah. Picture of uh, Robert Kardashian, three kids. It's like Kylie, uh, Chloe, and. Uh, uh, Kim and uh, guess who they're eating breakfast with? Who? OJ. OJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's a great photo. <laughs> it's such a great photo. There was this. Uh, there was this rumor for a long time that Khloe Kardashian was OJ's kid. Dude, that'd be hilarious. There, there, that would be the actually... funniest fucking story. <laughs> Breaking news: TMZ. Khloe Kardashian is related to. Fucking OJ Simpson. You, you know what's fucking even crazier though is Khloe Kardashian herself thought it was so legitimate that she went and got herself DNA tested just to make sure. <laughs> Swear to God, what like, that, she her horoscope said in the morning. 
She's like, oh, fuck, the stars are telling me. I mean, me fuck, we believe in fantasies too, but at least we call it fantasy football. Yeah, I agree. 100% agree. But the name fantasies in, is in the name. The name fantasies in the name. Yeah, I know it's a fake team, but it's my fake team. And I it's my it. fake team. And it's my it, it's my star sign. <laughs> oh, God. They're like fortune what else? cookies. Dude, like, fuck fortune cookies. They suck these days. They suck, dude. They used to they used to be very direct. They they, they used to be direct. To, and they, they used to they used, get at your soul. Yeah, they used to low key hit a little bit. Like, and now they're blanket you, statements. You'd you'd be having a bad day, and you'd be like, "You need a you need to go to this place at two a.m. and start working, like, something <laughs> like that." But then now it's now it's like you get a fortune cookie, and it's like the fucking PC culture fortune cookies, and they're like. Oh, life is beautiful. You're doing great. You will regain Yay. consciousness of your new life. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> like, like, like Are you a different animal but the same beast? What? 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 What does, what that, the fuck mean, does Kobe? that even mean, Kobe Bryant? That's a great commercial. It's a great commercial. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace. Um, you got anything else to add? No. Are we are we doing the pick six? Oh, the pick six. How could I forget about the pick six? The best segment of the day, boys. All right, so the NFL pick six. Quick okay. recap of last week. Uh, do you have the scores? I don't have the scores on me. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make this very short. We won one of our plays of the week. The other play of the week, Carson Wentz can go kick rocks. Uh, oh, God, why? Why did he do that? But, uh, yeah, uh, Saints won outright. That was nice with the backup quarterback. I completely forgot my other picks, but I think we did okay. Uh, um, I did. I did fine on the weekend. But, you, uh, uh, what did you pick for the? Uh... I had the Patriots. I know that. Okay. Um, I know I had a couple games that lost, but overall, I think it was a successful week. Next week, we'll have the actual records. Uh, we'll dig back in the archives and and get those records for you. But, we will uh, dig back in the archives. On to this week. On to this week. So, um, obviously, the pick six segment. For those of you who don't know, it's basically where we pick. Our best six NFL games of the week, and we give you the picks, we give you the lines, we give you everything. Similar to any fucking sports betting show, but guess what? We do it better. Um, so the first game that I have this week is a 12 o'clock game. We got the Broncos visiting the Dallas Cowboys. The Broncos are at 4-4 four and four this year. The Cowboys are at 6-1. and one. Um, The Cowboys are minus 7, and the over-under, well, the open was 48.5. Shiv, what do you got for this game? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, I was right about injured player theory last week because when Dak went out, the line moved to three. All the suckers in the world bet on Minnesota. I didn't touch the game. I didn't bet either side because I just – when I bet the Cowboys, I really have to believe the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, so it was one of those where I just I just let it go for the night. Uh, but the Cowboys ended up getting the win. It's a tough game. Ten points a lot. They're at home. They're on an absolute tear. Uh, you know, my gut's telling me, obviously it's telling me, you know, the seven and O team is to take Denver plus the points, but I'm dude, this Denver team's just awful. It's yeah. awful. So, I mean, if it comes to Sunday and I get to the window, I, I, I probably will be taking Denver for a small play, but I couldn't really blame you for taking Dallas. I know a lot of, a lot of the squares are going to be taking Dallas, but I, I, I've seen, I've seen. I've seen sharp money come in on Dallas on Action Network. They got four sharp moves on them, which is a good amount. 
to me, is honestly, this is this is a pass game for me. I want to see I want to see how this goes, but I'm going to be paying close attention to this game because we were talking earlier this week on how real the, the argument is now for the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl, and we're getting to that time of the year. So uh, the, this is just one of those games where I'll be paying attention. We're, we're getting to that time of the year. He said, listen. It's the most wonderful time of the year, every year almost, because this is uh, – we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not even – we're not at Thanksgiving. But pretty soon we'll, we'll see the collapse, and uh, boy, is it beautiful to see. Pretty pretty soon we'll see the collapse, but your team's already made it there. So, uh, I, hey, We're not look, talking look, about my team, all right? Yeah, well, you throw shots at my team, I throw shots at you. It's fair. That's fair. So, uh, so uh Obviously, this this year I've actually I think I've bet the Cowboys uh, four out of the seven games they've played. I've actually taken other teams, and they've literally proven me wrong in a lot of ways. I actually didn't think they would be this good this year. Um, I figured they would be nine and eight or seven and not or seven and ten, whatever the fuck it is now. But um, I'm gonna take the Cowboys here at minus ten. I think they get Dak back. I think they get Dak back next week. I think they're gonna be hitting on all cylinders. Um, the Denver defense just lost Von Miller. Big loss for them. Um, if you can't get to the quarterback, if you can't get to Dak, he's going to have a field day on you. Um, so I, I like this line. I like him at plus X play. Um, I think, you know, I would put a unit on it, whatever. I think it's a safe play. I like the Cowboys minus 10. Um, the next game of the week that we have, um, is another 12 o'clock game. And it's again... It's a, it's a team that had high expectations coming in, haven't played as well, and then a team that hadn't didn't have as much high expectations and is actually playing a lot better than a lot of people thought. So the current line is minus 2.5 for the Browns-Bengals. Browns are 4-4, four and four, Bengals are 5-3. and three. Bengals have been actually playing pretty good this year. Um, they look like a team that's maybe a year or two away from actually being you know a real contender, but I wouldn't be surprised if in two years they're ho- hoisting some type of trophy. Um, the over-under is 47. I'll start this one off. It's crazy. I, I, anyone who bets the Browns this year is probably kicking themselves in the ass. Um, but for some reason, I like the Browns here at plus two and a half. I don't know why. They just got rid of o- uh, Odell Beckham. They just caught him uh, two days ago. But... I really love the Browns. No, no, no. He's not gotten rid of. They're still on the roster. You know, he's excused from practice. They're literally paying him to not play. No, bro. I thought they re- they released him. He's released? Yeah, they released him. Damn. Okay. Redaction. I, I, I'm almost positive. Let me double check real quick. Yeah, they released him. Okay. Once, the financial, once the financial settlement um, is agreed upon, they'll release him. So whatever he's gone, um, I don't know. I think Odell Beckham's a cancer. I really do. Um, he's a prima donna everywhere he goes. Ever since his first two seasons in in New York, he's been just kind of a pain in the ass. And I agree. Thing I was is, happy when the Giants got rid of him. Another thing with him is like he had the numbers his first three years in the league to like back up his play, but ever since then he's been an average wide receiver at best. He's been injury prone. Um, he's not the same explosive guy. It's been very clear. And uh, there's been multiple games where he throws hissy fits on the sideline. Uh, that game against uh, Josh Norman, when Josh Norman was at his peak, that was like a dude, full display. Like a girl. Yeah, dude, it was his full display of like how much of a real bitch he is uh, in deep in his soul. So I don't know. I feel like they get the win. 
just because this team has gone through a decent amount this year. They're four and four. The Browns every year for the last three years have been a team that have been projected to make the AFC playoffs, and they just don't. Um, so I don't know. I like the Browns here at plus two and a half. Browns here are the sharp, super sharp side, but and I'm normally on this. I'm normally on that train. I can't do that here. Uh, this is a similar spot to the uh, Cardinals. Oh, fuck, who the fuck did they play? Oh, the Cardinals Rams game, uh, where like uh, it was just to me. Here's the thing: I Cleveland power rating wise is better. Power rating wise is better. The reason I'm taking the Bengals is because of the bounce back spot. They lost to the Jets, and then. And first of all, they shouldn't have lost that game. You know, I had a Jets money line ticket. I watched that game. They should not have lost that game. They were up 11 with three minutes left. That helmet to helmet was not a helmet to helmet. But whatever. That happens. It's the NFL next week. At the end of the day, to me, this all relies on Joe, my, my faith in Joe Burrow and what I've seen over the past few weeks. He's made a lot of mistakes against the Bears and against the Jets. Right? These were not good games for him. Yeah. But at the at the end of the day, majority of the games he's been playing in, this kid's been elite, man. Mm-hmm. This kid's been really, really elite. And that win against Baltimore and even the loss against Green Bay, like, I think he, he's on pace to have a 4,000-yard season. He's got over 2,000 yards right now. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Jamar Chase, and especially with Mixon in the backfield, that can give them that kind of offensive threat. Yeah. Cleveland's got a good defense. They're going to get to him early if they can if they can work the quick outlets. My problem is – even if Baker plays, man, he's pretty hurt. And if you've known it, I think they, they don't have two old linemen and they're pretty banged up. I mean, and yeah, losing old really produced for them. No, not really. But you got to think, too, there's a lot of off ball stuff that Odell was doing. You know, he's definitely drawn away a lot of key coverages uh, because they know how big of a threat that he is. He's still a huge threat, um, despite the fact he didn't get many targets this season. So it's a tough game. I don't blame you for taking uh, Cleveland, but I'm sticking with my – this is a huge gut pick for me with this game. Uh, even though the signs are pointing the other way, I'm taking Cincinnati. I like the pick. Um, I really don't disagree too much with that pick. I like Cincinnati too. It's a tough game um, to call. It is a tough game to call. I don't know why. I just – for the same reasons, I think I, it's a gut play for me. I don't know. Um, moving on. The next game of the week that we have, um, we've got a really fucking good game. Well, to me it is. We've got the Packers at seven and one visiting the Chiefs at four and four. Line is minus seven. Over under is forty eight and a half. Um, Shiv, I'll let you take it off with this one. You know, I don't really have much to say. I we we got another injured player theory game here, but the problem is is. Injured player theory really works well, and it, it's outlined this season when you got a quarterback coming in that already has experience, right? It worked with Seattle. It it, it works with uh it, it worked. With, who else came in? Uh, uh Trevor Simeon, yeah. right? With the with the Saints, and right these are against Trevor Simeon's coming in. He's playing the Bucks. Like they could they could easily lose that game, not cover whatever, throw it out the window. It, that was that was Trevor Simeon's fault, and he played pretty well. You get guys that come in with experience. It's not like they forgot all this stuff, right? And it doesn't mean that they're bad quarterbacks, right? They're back a quarterback. They know their role, but they've got the experience in the league. They don't feel the pressure, right? When you come in as a backup, it's in an intense situation. It's in the middle of a game. Your star player's just out. Like, Jameis Torres ACL. Like, it, it's one of those where 
you know, you get a guy that can go in there with experience. Jordan Love's not played a single, like, actual, like, he's probably, he's played a, a couple snaps here and there, but he's not played an actual game of football. And he's going up against the Chiefs who are really, really, really hungry here. They need to win bad. Yeah. Right. Like, they, they, they're four and four, but they didn't look that good against the Giants. Right. They haven't and, looked and, that good against anybody. They haven't really looked, yeah, right. They haven't looked that good against anybody. So, I'm, it's a very toss-up game for me. It's another uh, stay back and watch type deal. Um, I kind of like the over. Kind of like the over. To me, it's kind of low. Might be falling into a trap there. Kind of like the over in this game. Um, I agree with you. I kind of like the over. Um, the Chiefs shouldn't be a seven-point favorite against anybody this year. I'm sorry. It just it's I I, I understand rookie quarter or you sure not a rookie. Not they play a, the Jags. You're saying they won't be a seven-point favorite. To play the Jets, they won't be a seven-point favorite. I, it could be okay. as they, could, they play, they play okay. Houston, they won't be a seven-point favorite. The, the, uh, I mean, whoever. So, oh, I dude, they're, those, they're definitely seven-point favorites against all those teams. I, I, I guess that's fair, right? But who have they played this year? I feel like the Bills, Ravens. Uh, I'll show you the last five games. Giants, Tennessee, Washington, Buffalo, and Philly were the last five they played. Uh, win against Philly, loss against Buffalo, win against Washington, loss against Tennessee, win against Giants. So, so yeah. Okay, okay, against the – okay, fair, but seven-point favorite against a 7-1 and one team sounds ridiculous to me. Um, I understand uh, – I understand Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, but – I think the Packers proved that they're deep enough to win without them. They're deep enough to win without their key players. Last week, uh, they didn't have three of their starting receivers. Literally, their top three receivers. Yeah, but you had the best guy in the field. You did have the best guy on the field, but I don't necessarily think Jordan Love is a scrub. I think that he's had three years underneath Rodgers, and I think that's going to be a huge help to him. Um, the Packers just always figured out with their quarterbacks. I don't know what it is. Uh, when Brett Favre was there, they developed uh, they developed Rodgers for the same amount of time. I think it was three or four years that he had underneath Brett. Same thing's happening with this kid. He's been in the system now three or four years. He's gotten the chance to learn from Aaron. I think he comes in and he proves that he's that franchise guy, um, which is, will not be good for Rodgers, but it, it'll kind of solidify him leaving at the end of the year. You're hammering that's plus seven then, huh? I, I, I'm loving the Packers in this game. I think that the Packers um, – That's your right play of the now, week? I, I, I think it'll be my play of the week. I, I'll say it is. Boom, boom, um, boom, boom, boom. My, my, boom, 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 boom. Uh, ready to roll, ready to roll, ready to roll. Play of the week. Listen, the main reason why. Listen. The, the, main, the main reason why I think it's the play of the week is because I think the Packers are getting the similar and same disrespect that the Cowboys are getting this year. Oh, um, I, don't, I, I, I don't believe that anybody really thinks. I, actually, which is crazy, I, a lot of networks have been. High on the Cowboys, which is kind of normal when that shit happens, just because they love to talk about them. But the Packers are a team that I think a lot of people don't think they're in the same level as the the Rams, as the Bucks, as the Cardinals. Um, for whatever reason that is, I don't know. But oh, dude, don't tell me you think they are. I I, I do. I I really do. I think their defense. I think their defense has played very solidly this year. I think their offense gets it done. Uh, they showed like anytime a team can prove to you. If they can win without their star players, um, I think it's, it's it's a huge, 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 huge win for the team. So what, what are, are the Saints better than the Bucks? I mean, no, I I mean I don't I don't. No, I think that's, right? I think that's different though because the Saints the Saints are the Saints have they're, they're five and two this year, right? Like they're 
they they played they've been up and down all year. I'm talking about a team that has literally had not many real flaws this season, minus the one loss that they have, and that's it. That's all you can that you can really like argue for, like against them for. Like you can't make the same argument for the Saints as you can for the Packers or Cowboys because the Packers or Cowboys have both won all their games minus their season opener. So I think they're extremely similar when you when you look at both teams. But re- regardless, I think you take the Packers here at plus seven. Um, I like the game a lot. Next game we got on the slate are the Titans-Rams. This is a very good game. I think it'll be the best game of the week. And, of course, it's on Sunday night. Somehow the football gods always fucking line it up this way. Um, the Titans are 6-2. and two. The Rams are 7-1. and one. Obviously a big loss for the Titans last week. Derrick Henry out for the season. Um, I don't know how they're going to look without him. Um, but the Rams are minus seven. The over under is 52 and a half. Shiv, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I agree. This is definitely the best game. It's going to be the best game of the week. Um, I will be 100,000% on the Rams in this game. Uh, it's going to get a lot of love from the public because they, they beat can because of their wins against Kansas city and Buffalo. Indy. These guys are on a roll. You couldn't ask for a better uh, part of the season for Tennessee. And don't get it mistaken. I have a future bet on Tennessee to have over nine and a half wins. I had that before the beginning of the season because I thought that that was too low of a number. They were a pretty underrated team. For the betting market game, they are going to lose this game. Uh, the Rams are a far better team. Uh, if we put this in a betting perspective, you can't ask for a better spot than a team that has won the past three games. Sorry, past four games and covered all of them, especially against two heavy favorite like the Bills, like the Chiefs. I get the Chiefs are on a, a little bit of a, 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 a slump right now, but the Bills aren't. The Bills are a for real team. And the Col- it's not like the Colts are a bad team either. They're a pretty solid team, and they, they ended up getting the win in that game too. So to me, I this is, it's just one of those. You keep it simple. We pick the better team in this spot here. We take the Rams. 100% agree. I'm taking the Rams. That's our first consensus of the day, um, which is crazy, actually. Last week we had quite a few. But, yeah, I'm taking the Rams here. Uh, I just don't see it any other way. Last game of the week, we've got the Chicago Bears, surprisingly. Uh, I think it's their first experience, their first, uh, their first time on the pick six segment. But we got the Chicago Bears at three and five, visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers at four and three. It's a Monday night game. Uh, the line right now is at minus six Dude, and a what half. A shit Steelers. Game. It is a shit game, but I I like the line and I like uh I like betting two shit teams every once in a while. So we got the the minus six and a half Steelers and the over under is thirty thirty nine and a half, baby. So um so that's I'll football. Start, I'll start this fucking game off. Um. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree, bro. <laughs> I 100% I, agree. I, I wanna, I wanna bet the Bears here at plus right, right. Like, I, I wanna take the Bears. I feel like, I feel like that's the pick here. But me saying that out loud makes me want to hammer the Steelers. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just the Bears. Maybe betting the Bears is just always scares me, but. I, I want to take the Steelers. A man in the suit this. I don't know. The man in the suit has been wrong a lot this year. Portnoy has actually been. Oh, it'll come around. Good. Don't worry. Don't I, worry. I, think it'll, I think it'll come around. Um, it's already started to. I mean, look, the Jets won. You he, know, he it, did, it's coming I, he around. Did go, 
He's been going 500 the last couple of weeks. He's been hanging around a little more. Also, he throws around man in the suit a bit too much. He does. He does throw around man in the suit. Um, I guess I'll man in the suit this. I'll, I'll take. I'll take the Steelers at minus six and a half. Um, everything to me in this game points to the Bears at plus six and a half. But let's be honest, man. The, the Bears defense has been pretty fucking terrible this year. Yeah. Uh, they haven't been what they used to be. I think there's big changes in the offseason with that defense. I think you see Khalil Mack getting out of there. Guys like Robert Quinn won't get extended. Um, they're going to go young. They're going to – it's a it's a rebuild again in Chicago. What's interesting Dockers. is they're first in sacks, but they're 27th in rushing yards. That's crazy. The defense. So, yeah, that but crazy. Uh, I agree, dude. This is fucking ugly. Uh, I, everything you said at the beginning is exactly how I felt. I looked at the line. And I was thinking about, all right, we got Big Ben, not not very good. The Steelers, it, it, point me a real uh, a, a key to victory is probably their running back, right? But that is, that's really it. I mean, yeah. they, they did win last week against Cleveland. Cleveland was banged up. You can't really give them too much credit for that win. Uh, I was on the Steelers last week, but this week, I, you know, I, I, for everything you said too, saying that I want to take the Bears makes me want to throw up. <laughs> but at the end of the day, to me, this is just—it's just a numbers play. You just gotta ride it. It's plays like this. You don't want to do it. The team's awful, and it—it—it's it, just. But but you know in your heart. I, I, to me, I know in my heart. I think the right side of plus six. I think they can get the job done. I'm not making a money line pick or anything, but I'll be on the Bears Monday night just because it's a numbers play. It's fucking ugly. I fucking hate it. And if the Bears lose, I'll be pissed off because I bet the Bears. Uh, okay, I like it. I fucking love it. Um, you just got to take that, it. You got to take it. Um, again, I'm on the Steelers, but I, I don't see any problem taking the Bears there. Um, that wraps up our pick six segment. You want to get the parlay prints in here to give his little parlay of the week? I can go down and get them, but I want to say my play of the week. Say your play of the week and then grab uh, the parlay prints. Tell him that he'll he'll get, a, he'll get some air time. Yeah, first of all, I want to say parlay prints with the fucking – Awful parlay that I said was going to lose on air. Uh, the, the Jets got that one. Uh, <laughs> he picked the Bucks too, right? And the Bucks And the Bucks. I was like, I, first thing I said is that's a fucking loser. Yeah. Like, that is a loser and a half. You might as well have just donated that money. I mean, if, at least if you donated the money, you would have got a tax write-off. Yeah. Uh, my play of the week is fucking <laughs> ugly. You want to talk about ugly? Fuck the Bears game. This is the ugliest thing of the fuck goddamn week, and I'm pissed. I got a lot of money on it, but we got to write it. Carolina. With or without Ooh. McCaffrey. Uh, same thing uh, in terms of our spots that I talk about a lot. New England, big win, massive win that I was on last week on the show on uh, against uh, the Chargers, right? And then they destroyed the Jets, right? And it's not like they were playing bad against the Cowboys either. That was a pretty close game that went in overtime. And then they beat they beat Houston the game before, and they only lost to Brady by two. So why in the world would I take the Carolina team that barely beat Atlanta, lost to the Giants, lost to the Minnesota, lost to the uh, Eagles, and got killed by the Cowboys? It, because it's a perfect spot. It's a perfect spot. That's why we take. That's why we take teams <laughs> like this. I'm telling you, you shut your mouth and you take them at plus four. The whole world's on them right now. We got 78 percent of the money on New England. Right, you want to buy. Think, think of this as the stock market. You want to buy low and you want to sell high. I've been on New England the past three, four weeks. I did get burned against the Cowboys, but I made it back with the Chargers and uh, and, and against the Jets. We 
take teams when they're in low spots, and you can't really think of a lower spot right now than Carolina. You got to think to yourself, why the fuck would the book set the line at this price, right? Why would they only be laying four points with New England? Something is up. The jig is up. Look for a Vegas game. Look for some calls. We're taking our play of the week on Carolina. Play of the week, Carolina Panthers, book them. Book them. Let me go get get the Prince. Let's get the Prince in here. Alert security. The Parlay Prince has arrived. The Parlay Prince has arrived. The Parlay Prince has arrived. Let's hear the Parlay Prince's uh, Parlay of the Week. All right. The Prince is here. Parlay Prince. Sideline reporter, Gem Signorowitz. I heard you got a Parlay for us. Yeah, I'm sinking. I'm sinking. Thinking of a little parlay. We'll, little we'll three team. Little three team. Little, little three team parlay. Let's see, boys. It'll win big money this week. We're talking Jem Signorowitz, our sideline reporter. He's got the best parlays in the game. What do we're we gonna got? We're going to go with. Uh, uh, I like the. I like the Saints minus six. Saints minus six. All right. We Saints like it. Saints minus six. What else we got here? We're going to throw that with uh, Bengals minus two and a half. Production in Cleveland's never knew. Never knew. <laughs> never knew. And then we're going to go for the Naperville boys out there. We're going to go the Bears. The Bears. Plus six and a half. The Bears plus six. I so think that's a winner. Lit, I, think, I think that's a winner. Tomlin. Time. Tomlin is a favorite. Always, favorite. always fade him. Oh. Always, fade, always fade Tomlin as a favorite at home. Always fade. Your first Saints minus six, Bears plus six and a half, and Bengals minus two and a half. Thank you, Parlay Prince. Right. Let's get it done. Let's get it done, boys. I think it's a winner. Anyway. I think it's a winner. All right.